I met Barney Burroughs at NAFA's technical seminar. You could say Barney is a legend in air filtration. He's an author, speaker, fellow, and former president of ASHRAE, and 100-time attendee of ASHRAE conferences. He spoke at our technical seminar in 2019 in Irving, Texas, just before he took the stage to speak on the topic, how you can impact the world through filtration, a subject Barney has been passionate about for over 50 years. Enjoy our conversation. This is H.E. Barney Burroughs. You'll probably wonder what the H.E. stands for because I get plagued with people who ask me what the H.E. stands for. It happens to be my legal name, which I don't go by because I dislike. When I traveled with Ashray, we were around the world twice, spent a lot of time in the Pacific Rim. And I found out that virtually every public building, every bridge, every noteworthy monument was dedicated to H.E. somebody. So I finally figured out what H.E. stands for. It's His Excellency. So that's what H.E. stands for with Barney Burroughs is His Excellency. Are you the royalty behind any uh, country there? The the kingdom of air filtration, maybe? Well, it could be, I guess. (laughs) Uh, sitting here with, with Barney Burroughs, H.E. Barney Burroughs, and this is Tony Verhoeven with the uh, National Air Filtration Association. And we are here at the uh, uh, technical seminar in Irving, Texas. And uh, Barney, you were nice enough to just to sit down with me for a few minutes tomorrow while you're speaking. Barney, obviously, you've been in the industry a long time. And so I wanted to acknowledge that I think that I, I heard that you uh, just celebrated uh, your 50th Ashray or AHR Expo in January. Well, is that correct? Actually, it was my hundredth. Your hundredth. Oh, right, because there's two a year. Yeah, that's right. right. There's two years. a year, and I am a fifty-year member of Ashray, but that was uh, my hundredth session. Now, that's not the only meetings that I go to. So there's a multiplier on that in terms of counting all of the meetings that are are part of that repertoire of over fifty years of membership. Excellent. Well, congratulations. That's Thank quite you. an accomplishment here. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Fifty years uh, at at uh, involved with Ashray, um, and and maybe even a bit lo- a little longer than that in air filtration well, in general. Tell actually, I was brought into the air filtration industry in the mid '60s as an employee of the chemical division of Borg Warner. I was involved in introducing a product that I even helped name with the corporation called Purifil. A year after that, I actually acquired Purifil and founded my own company uh, around that technology. Uh, But in truth, I was a rep for about three years. So my first firm was a classic filter rep firm in which I repped Purifil along with high-end products of several brands, typical of most filter rep organizations. My first contact with ASHRAE was in 1966 because I was there looking for potential plastic components that could be manufactured out of high-impact plastic for my chemical division of Borg Warner. 
So that introduction started me in visiting the, the expo. After several years of uh, being a rep, I then went back and actually acquired the patent rights and manufacturing facility of, of Purifil and founded the company for which I basically was employed and, and managed for the next 20 years. And so uh, in that 20 years and, and really for the last 50 years, where was air, air filtration, I guess, technology in the industry, in the public mind kind of back then? And, and how has that changed in that time? Well, actually, Tony, I have seen the filtration industry grow old along with me. <laughs> um, and I was invited to do a 100-year history of filtration for ASHRAE, which will be presented a year from now at their 125th anniversary in Orlando. What I found was that, interestingly enough, that hundred years started with some very, very significant events. Um, it was the Great War of 1917. Hundred years ago, the trenches of France were the first usage of filtration products because it was the gas masks. It was the first use, use of weaponized chemicals. And so at, at the early exposure of of filtration in what was called the the belly box or the small box which was the filtration unit that kept the soldiers alive exposed to first chlorine and then phosgene um, in the in the first war that history started um, in a in, using common materials cotton wads um, miniature carbon particles that have grown into a very sophisticated technology a hundred years later. So it all started with a, with in a sense, a big bang, a world war, and it started putting filtration into the, literally the survival business. And we've seen a number of occasions since then that filtration was involved in, in health care, in a variety of ways, um, and even with the Big Bang that we experienced in 9-11, uh, a major significant event in our own American history, but also in the history of filtration, because again, it reemerged that filtration is in a sense the difference between life and death. And uh, CBR exposure, for example, uh, is can be uh, eradicated and eliminated with high-end filtration and and gas phase uh, control. So it, it's those kind of events that have, in a sense, influenced our industry. There are significant inventions and significant uh, creations and inventions that have have contributed to the process. And in a sense, I included those in the story of the filtration industry. So you've written that you're, you've written this paper and it's in peer review right now. Quite not quite released, but uh, at the Asher that's correct program yeah. team or I'm not sure what the group program is, committee program yes. committee. Yep, right. And so they're looking at that right now. Yes. But you told me a little bit how it's not your ticket typical technical paper. Well, actually, it's a reflection, I think, of the filtration industry itself, because I portrayed the filtration industry as a perhaps a bit player would be the best expression 
um, and I cast the story of the development as a play. And so, in a sense, these major significant innovations, uh, these significant in influencing events, are brought in as players on stage. But at all times, filters have, in a sense, been um, the third-tier actor, uh, supporting large air handlers, supporting other systems, um, um, and in a sense, um, mentioned in the small type credits. So uh, I think some of the early history is very much reflected as a play with, with filtration being, the, in a sense, uh, behind the scenes. Um, doing stage management and and being supportive actors as opposed to the mainline actors. But I think what I basically learned and what I share with with readers and members of the industry that filtration I now think has come to center stage. And I believe some of the opportunities that we have because of the hundred years of history and development and innovation, that uh, filtration has, has is in literally a launching pad of new opportunity. Right, right. So, so you talked a little bit about the history, uh, and and we'll be talking about the history uh, once we once we read your paper. Um, tell us a little bit about what you'll be talking about tomorrow during your during your presentation. Well, I am going to hit just a brief summary of highlights some of which are national or international events, some of which are um, emerging technologies and industries that are related industries. Um, and then um, what has happened as a result of developing our internal technologies, whether that be in the actual filter products themselves or how they're tested or how they're evaluated or how they're regulated. And all of these components come together to, um, in a sense, bring us to a, a new level of maturity where we can take advantage of some of the opportunities ahead of us. What, what are some of the things that you foresee uh, kind of in trends in air filtration? What's, what's ha going to happen in, uh, you think, where are things moving toward in the next 5, 10, or maybe even 20 years? Let me answer it this way. Let me look back and, and tell you that probably the most progress that we have made in the filtration industry has been within the last 20 years. So in a sense, we are gaining um, a, a momentum. Mm -hmm. Secondly, there has been, a, a, for the first time, a, a broader recognition of the role of filtration as it regards both the health and in some cases survivability um, of building occupants. And so um, the, the launching pad that I envision um, is typical of, um, well, we're sitting here at a conference of, of NAFA in which a paper was just presented about the effect of wildfires on the indoor environment with filtration being the subject for alleviating the impact of the uh, of the harm from wildfires, which is airborne particulate matter and and gas phase components, um, and for the first time, we're hearing regulatory folks, 
um, and researchers looking at filtration as being the key to uh, improving the indoor environment from these external influences and sources. Uh, and this is simply an extension of what happened at 9-11. Um, as a result of 9-11, virtually every international uh, embassy of the United States has been hardened with ultra-high efficiency gas phase and particulate filtration. And the typical clean room technology that, that the NAFA members are familiar with has been applied to every embassy that is overseas in, uh, that serves uh, the United States. So these events have built a recognition of the importance of clean air to not only the, the productivity, but also long-term survival of the human race. So in a sense, the, 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 the industry has basically come to the point where it can influence the human destiny. So when it comes to, I'm not even sure how to ask this, but when it comes to like air filtration and, and just kind of bouncing off what you're just talking about, you know, who, who's really responsible for air filtration? Is it, should it be government? Is it, is it the average Joe like me, uh, you know, homeowners and building owners? Is it, um, is it nonprofits? Who, uh, is it scientists like Dr. Chen? Uh, who's, is, it, is it all well, of us? The simplistic answer is yes. Yeah, exactly. But that begs the question. And in truth, the first and more important stage that happened over the last 20 years was ASHRAE, the American Society of Heating and Air Conditioning Engineers, taking the position um, to support the development of much more sophisticated, much more credible, much more reproducible test methodology on filtration equipment. This has enabled filtration to, in a sense, come into the 21st century. The test methodology that was used in particulate filtration, for example, was developed in 1938 and had been used consistently until the last decade of the 20th century. Uh, that was the original NBS, National Bureau of Standards, smudge test, atmospheric dust spot test. It was a test that was <coughs> applied when filtration was an housekeeping issue. Um, and so um, it, it, in a sense, evaluated the ability of a filter to keep surfaces from smudging and, and reducing housekeeping costs. In 1991, the, the society established a, a committee to reevaluate and bring that technology of testing forward to the current need. I chaired that committee and in 1999 standard 52.2 was developed uh, that modernized our ability to understand how filters work and how to evaluate their benefit. Beyond that, ASHRAE supported the development of 145 both both 
dot one and dot two standards, which are the way of evaluating gas phase filtration material, uh, both in a laboratory scale and in um, in full lab in full uh, field scale with uh, filtration equipment, and and these enabled the industry to build credibility and understanding on the part of the users uh, on how to apply, uh, how to select, how to, how to service, um, and properly exploit the benefits of both particulate and gas phase filtration. So these have been giant strides in, in developing the credibility and importance uh, of filtration. The the, the, the fact that we're now talking about smoke, uh, we're talking about um, respirable fines uh, in terms of airborne products, we're, we're, we are, we are at, in a sense, paying attention to the fact that the, our, our built environments have the potential for both protecting but also putting occupants at risk. Um, and so as a component of, of modern buildings, we need to realize that, that there is existing in the United States a, an inventory of over four million buildings, commercial buildings, that are probably under-treated in terms of filtration, meaning they are non-compliant to curtain, certain expectations of today's codes and, and building authorities and standards of care. So in terms of responding to, to these issues, it is a combined effort of regulatory, and yes, we have had regulations that have spawned and, and sponsored filtration, but they have been, uh, over the years, insulated and isolated to certain issues. Um, an example, in the mid-50s, uh, 1950s, there was a regulation put out that in a sense overhauled and revolutionized the healthcare industry. Hospitals had to have at least a, an 85 or a 95 percent ASHRAE rated filter in their operating rooms, and that was the first time that that had happened uh, as a regulation. Um, in more more current regulations, uh, as an example, in in 1994, OSHA announced that a an intent to regulate cigarette smoking in public buildings. Well, as a result of that smoking literally disappeared almost overnight even though the regulation was never published it was never uh, finalized uh, as a as a regulation but on a voluntary basis building owners stopped smoking in public space uh, which in a sense recognizes the importance of contamination control in public buildings and this, in a sense, has uh, legitimized the need for uh, extraction and filtration to uh, be an important component of that. At the same time, um, ASHRAE has forwarded and advanced ventilation tactics. 
and ventilation is done with basically outdoor air. Well, outdoor air is contaminated. Uh, in a sense, it's bringing in uh, respirable particles, odors from out so outside, and trying to use it as a, as a dilution mechanism. Well, that process requires filtration. And so these, these concurrent trends uh, are influencing the, the, in a sense, the legit legitimacy and the importance of filtration. There's a lot we all have to learn here, so uh, appreciate you sitting down with me and, uh, and, and appreciate the very thorough answer. This is exactly uh, kind of what I was hoping to get. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> well, very good stuff. Th there's, there's a lot more to the process. Uh, it's sure. a very, very complicated issue be because it combines so many of the elements having to come together at the same time. Right. You have to have a, a, an array of apical products, which we now have. Uh, because of the advancements that have happened in 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 filtration technology, until the until the mid '80s or early '90s, filtration was literally uh, made of leftover products. Um, it was um, well, well, fiberglass was invented in 1936, but it was made out of used beer bottles. Uh, it was recycled uh, waste. Um, of the, the filter frames that we used was made out of recycled paper. Um, the, the retention materials for throwaway filters, disposable filters, was made out of the leftovers from bottle cap machines. Um, the, 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 the whole process of fibers, um, Early on, animal hair was used as the filter media. Hog hair, for example, uh, was employed. And these products were used well up into the latter quarter of the, of the century until finally fibers were developed specifically for the filtration industry. And those kinds of things led to also... Um, fabrication techniques that were modern. Um, Fram created in 1934 the oil filter for an automobile. That pleating technology was the granddad of now what we call a mini pleat that didn't come into the marketplace until the 90s. And so these, these techniques have finally come together. Uh, so it's the products, it's the it's what they're made of, and and it's it's a combination of the technology, the acceptance, the recognition of the need, um, and the legitimacy uh, of, and importance of, in a sense, taking out of the air what you can't see, but which can harm you uh, in, in intensely in terms of healthcare um, and um, and and the life cycle. So. It's just a combination of things that have come together, and we are, in a sense, in the, in the heart of a perfect storm of, of opportunity for the filtration industry, in my opinion. Well, Barney, I really appreciate your time and sitting down with me, and uh, thanks so much for joining me, and have a great talk tomorrow. For more information about how the National Air Filtration Association's membership 
networking, education, and certifications can improve your career and business, visit NAPAHQ.org.